Hello, and welcome to the Three Uniques podcast. I'm your host, Brenda Rigby. I'm a business and leadership coach and entrepreneur. I'm a single mom of two teenagers and a purpose-led believer. My mission is to maximize the human potential by helping you unlock what's unique in all of us and design a big life that leaves you whole, grounded, and complete. Welcome to Three Uniques. Hi friends, it's Brenda back again with another episode of Three Uniques. I am thrilled to share with you a past interview that I did with Alison Tedford. Alison is an Indigenous woman here in Canada and she is a diversity, equity and inclusion specialist. Alison and I got into a really great conversation about how small businesses, startup entrepreneurs can start putting in practice inclusion strategies into their business for their teams, for their customers, working with vendors and other stakeholders that are critical for their business. So this is a bit of a twist on Three Uniques. We're actually not getting into Allison's Three Uniques today, but I hopefully will have her back on so that she can share her Three Uniques with everyone. This is a great conversation. And as another sort of FYI, Allison Tedford is a part of my Aligned AF 12-month coaching experience that I have for women business leaders and startup entrepreneurs. And Allison actually is coming in this fall in October to speak on our virtual business strategy planning day about how to put in some of these inclusion strategies into your business strategy. So sit back and listen. It's a lengthy interview, but lots of great information. You may want to have a journal with you or a notepad so you can take notes. And obviously you can go back and listen to it again. And always remember too, that if you like and share this podcast, it would mean the world to me because then I know exactly uh, what information is important to you in your business and how you want to show up in the world. So without further ado, let's talk to Alison Tedford. So Allison, and you know, and just even for everyone that sort of knows, I've actually um, been working with Allison over the last month to look at diversity inclusion within my business, within my coaching practice uh, around three uniques and really making sure that again, going in, waking up every morning, thinking that I have the best of intentions, but as a cis white female, I could also be saying some things that are not appropriate. I could based off of my own conditioning, education, not necessarily, you know, even if I am thinking I'm being inclusive, exclude people. And, you know, and so I wanted to work with Allison to really broaden my understanding, really get into the language, how am I speaking in written form, what things show up in my programs, my offerings for my clients, my website, all of those things, social media, to make sure that, not that I'm doing it from a performative standpoint, but that I'm actually contributing at a larger scale. And, and being a leader in that work. And so it wasn't about just sort of, you know, checking off the boxes or hitting the minimum, but really educating myself in that process and doing the right things for my business. Yeah, it's been a really great to work with you on that. And it's been, um, I'm so glad that you're looking to do that. And um, it's been really wonderful to hear your perspective and look at all of the ways that you're looking to be inclusive and how that actually shows up in your business. Thanks. So Alison, one of the things I wanted to ask you was, what would you say are some of the, you know, starting points 
for a business leader, an entrepreneur, or an owner, like anyone in that sort of category, but from a small business standpoint, where should they start first? Because, you know, we see big organizations out there that do have big budgets and they have like diversity teams. They may bring in a diversity consultant like yourself. Um, and then they have these big strategies, these big initiatives. I mean, you saw a lot of that sort of coming forward, uh, big companies that we know of, whether it's a Microsoft always on, uh, Microsoft or Google or an Amazon always on like sort of the, um, you know, on social media, people looking for situations where maybe not living that inclusive example. But what could a small business owner, a solopreneur start with? For sure. I always say first, take stock of your values. Um, you know, you can want to be inclusive, but it's important to define like, who are you looking to include? Um, and that can help you look at things in a more targeted way so that you can be intentional about your inclusion. So you need to know basically what you believe in um, and what you want to see in your business. Um, the next piece is you need to look at the evidence. Um, when people look at your social media, when they look at your website, when they see how your business functions, when they experience it as a customer, can they tell that you're looking to be inclusive or you consider yourself to be inclusive? Like, what things can they see that are indications of that? Um, the next piece is about talking about what's important to you. Um, if you care about specific groups of people or social issues, what's your plan to talk about them and keep talking about them? Um, so that comes back to the content planning for your social media. So um, that means that, you know, um, not just talking about um, the Black community during Black History Month, or not just talking about LGBTQ2S plus community during Pride. You know, it's looking at year round, how can you contribute to the conversations that matter to you and being intentional about it. Um, the next piece is around leveling up your language. Taking a look at your website and looking to see if the language on your site is inclusive and looking to see if you have a statement around diversity on your website that people who are coming to it can clearly see who you are, what you believe in, um, how they can tell that's true, what your plans are moving forward. So not just a global statement of everyone is welcome, but what does everyone is welcome look like? Um, and the last piece uh, is around listening and learning. So read articles, diversify your newsfeed, educate yourself on current issues, um, and keep learning. You don't have to have a huge budget. You don't have to be an expert in diversity and inclusion, um, but you can take small, practical, everyday steps towards incremental improvement um, just on your own. Um, so those are some pieces that I would first look at. That's a, a great list. I think it's a, a really good starting point is, you, as you mentioned, starting off with your values, like what's important to you and, you know, are you creating that inclusivity within your business, your practices, you know, going into your website, your offerings, whether you're a service-based business or a product-based business. Um, the question that I have is even around, like, say, social media, you know, doing your research is the blend between, okay, you know, maybe it's about, you know, putting posts up on your feed, celebrating other holidays than the, say the traditional, you know, Christian based holidays that could be going on. It could be, again, movements, whether it's Pride Month or Black History Month and being able to understand what all the significance of those 
are and about and you know, you see it in waves, I guess, on social media where people are posting, you know, quotes or, or even sharing content from other people. I guess the question I have is when it comes to social media and for your business and celebrating the differences and, and, and including folks from different groups, different beliefs, different practices, when is the balance between sort of reacting to also what's going on, say, in the media or what's also happening on other people's social media feeds? Like, you know, I guess the balance as far as like what you want to stand for in your company, in your business. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to, I mean, look ahead. There, there are, you know, awareness days, holidays, months that, you know, are predictably going to happen every year. So you can make plans to talk about things. Um, but really having that situational awareness is important where, you know, if there is a crisis or something within a community that you've identified as being a priority to include, um, then it's important to demonstrate that you have an awareness of what's happening in within the community and that you care about what's happening, right? Like, so often we get um, tripped up because we're thinking, like, I don't want to get political here. Right. And really, like, it's a statement of empathy, it's like, I understand that stuff is going on and it's really hard and I care what happens to you. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's political. I think that's having a relationship with your clients, which is something that we always want to do. Um, but it's just being aware that they have so many more dimensions to their lives other than just being your clients and that their experience in the world is something that you do care about, that you have an awareness of, you like you can only present solutions to people if you have an understanding of, of what they're going through mm-hmm. and being able to demonstrate, like, I know what's going on demonstrates that you are better positioned to be able to find solutions that are helpful and that hopefully you're open to learning and you're, you, you actually do care because you're keeping current on what's happening. So, I mean, you still have to do business. You still have to, you know, sell things. You still have to promote yourself. You're still, you're a business first and that's important. But part of your identity as a business can, is the way that you relate to your people. Yeah. Well, and I guess it, it also goes, again, it goes back to your first point about your values. You know, are you a heart-centered or a human-centered business, regardless if you sell, again, products or services? You know, what are you in business to do? Is it, you know, to connect people, to generate to do something better on the planet or, um, you know, is your sole purpose in your business and, and what you value about, you know, making a quick buck and making money in your business, like with that's any business owners. Like, I mean, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing or that's an evil thing. Yes. That's, that's the outcome of any good business is to also make money so they can generate more business. But if you have a human centered approach, you do want to show that you have empathy and care about issues that are going on political or not. Well, and even generating funds within your business can be a way to take action. If you have a designated give, ga- give back component where, you know, 2% of your revenue is going towards um, a cause of your choice that um, is important to you, right? Like money, as much we often think about money in terms of like, um, you know, hoarding and like big Amazon and, and what have you, but like when it comes down to it, money is a resource. And as a business owner, when you generate funds for your business, you know, you have more resources available to hire people who are diverse, to be able to invest in communities that you care about, to be able to take action and, you know, you know, bail out black moms on Mother's Day or 
you know, contribute to um, funds that really are important to the groups of people that you really care about. So I think um, having those social awareness posts are important, mm-hmm. but doing the generative work in your business that brings funds in is also a really important piece of supporting the, the causes that you care about. Amazing. Thank you. Thanks for answering that. Cause it's, you know, it, it, I think it comes up for folks as far as when's there a balance between, I got to like sell my stuff on social media. Um, but then also I care about these things that are going on and what's the balance of, you know, the content that you're putting out there. Um, question I have for you here is how do small businesses or brands move from performative to transformative in their DNI efforts? Like, so that they're not sort of falling into sort of checking the boxes. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people that come to me are saying like, I don't want to be a bandwagon jumper. And my response is then don't, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's not just making a one-time statement. It's about sustained, sustainable efforts where you have a plan as to how you're going to continue to support a cause that you care about, right? So how are you going to keep showing up for the people that you say that you care about? How are you going to keep talking about these issues when it isn't trendy, when it isn't the thing to do, right? It's that consistent being there for people. That is where, where you can differentiate, you know, the performative from the transformative and looking at like, if you're taking an action, what is the impact going to be, right? And being real about what that is and making a decision about, is this enough for me? Is, would you like to do more? Right. Um, you know, what could more look like? What is realistic for more now? What could be more in the future, right? Like this is often we get into this, well, I can't do this big giant thing, so I may as well not do anything. Right. And it's like, it's applying that same growth mindset that you apply to your business and applying it to your DEI and being like, okay, well, this is what I can do now. Mm-hmm. And down the road, next year I can do this. And five years from now I can do that. And this is really something that can grow with you. Your impact can grow with you as much as your revenue will grow, as much as your subscriber base will grow. So really looking at scaling your impact in a way that makes sense for what you can do, you know, and, and being able to do something that's sustainable because you're not helpful if you're showing up burnt out, you know, unable to participate, right? So yeah, it's important to have a plan as to what you want to do and, and show up in a way that you can do consistently. Yeah. And then I, I think that sort of goes back to let's not do the token black square, orange square. Let's actually, I mean, if you think about, yeah, I love your point about, okay, this is what I know I can commit to in year one of my diversity inclusion strategy. This is what year two looks like year three. And then like to your point, well, now you've created a sustainability plan around what's important to you. And as your business grows, you can give more, you can add on more, um, depending on what that capacity looks like. I like that approach. For sure. Not being afraid, you know, to focus on a specific area, right? If there's something that really speaks to your heart where you want to invest your time and energy, right? Like, I don't think there's any 
anything wrong with focusing your uh, activism in a specific area. Like nobody's like, well, you know, David Suzuki hasn't done much for diabetes research lately. Like people know he's like <laughs> environmentalism, right? So it's okay yeah. to focus your area in one area and you don't have to run into every fight. Like people get very tired. What I see is that people will, they want to get involved. They want to do something with their business. And then they feel like they have to be everywhere. Right. It's like, this is not intended to make you feel like you're a hamster on a wheel and you're exhausted and you don't even have time to do your business anymore because you're trying to stay current on every single thing. And like, like, whoa, <laughs> slow down, right? focus, prioritize, look at what's important to you, what you actually care about, where you can meaningfully show up, do your research around what is what kind of help is helpful mm -hmm. right? that you're not creating additional work for people already doing the work so that you're tapping into people who are already doing the work and supporting their efforts because they've spent a lot of time learning what is helpful. Um, because sometimes the solutions that we think of aren't necessarily the solutions that are the most practical, useful, right. helpful, or like long-term. Um, so, I think it's really important to just like you consider different perspectives when you're developing a product or service and you think about what the impacts are going to be having that same perspective on your activism and looking at like, am I, is this actually going to be helpful? Do people actually need this? Mm -hmm. You know, is this, um, you know, is this a solution looking for a problem or, you know, are we actually addressing an issue within the community in a way that is, um, accepted and um, that is actually going to make the change that I'm looking to see and isn't going to have unintended harmful consequences. I love that. Thank you. Um, you talk about social justice also, like how does social justice get integrated like into a small business strategy around inclusion? What does that look like? I mean, for me, that looks at like really coming back to that situational awareness of what your clients are facing, right? If you have a group of clients who are facing um, injustice in the world, like having an awareness of like, how, how does this impact them? What does that look like? Mm -hmm. How can you contribute to that? How can that be part of your um, give back and community inclusion plan, right? Like maybe it isn't money. Maybe it's like volunteer hours. Maybe you're, I'm connecting with an organization that has an identified need for support and who needs volunteers. Maybe you're sending your staff down to go in and help out for the afternoon if that's what's needed. Right. It's, it can be something as small and practical as that, um, or it could be, you know, donating funds to something that is looking to make a change. But really, it's having situational awareness of what your clients are facing and taking action in support of them. And and mobilizing even your customers maybe to take support support that like our local coffee shop it's a block from my house and every so often um depending on what's happening in the world like um, when everything happened with Kamloops and they did a fundraising drive for their customers where they were raising money for the residential school survivor society mm -hmm. um so I mean they talk about what they care about um, within their business all the time. They talk about it on social media and, um, and they mobilize their customers um, towards those efforts um, because people who care about things 
that they care about are attracted to them. So right. I mean, some people will go just because they make great coffee because they do. Um, but also some people go because they're really aligned and they're like, if I'm going to spend money on great coffee, gosh, I hope it's with these folks because we're working towards the same things. Right. I love that too, because it's also giving people access maybe to giving that they wouldn't normally give to, right? So in, in one case, they're giving to this small business and helping them generate and sell more coffee. And then on another um, plane, they're also knowing that that business is going to donate some of their funds or do work for a social group that's aligned to their, their values. So yeah, it's a good thing that way. Um, another question for you, and then I definitely want to open it up to the lines to see what questions other folks have. But you also talked about the intersectional work between inclusion and business strategy. So, and, and you talk about this a little bit on your website around, like sometimes we talk about diversity initiatives and we need to take it up a level to diversity strategy. Initiatives are just sort of like to-do lists or tasks or things that need to get done. And we need to go up to, you know, more of a business strategy approach. What would that look like for, you know, again, a small business, a solopreneur or that coffee shop that you go to all the time in Abbotsford? Yeah, I mean, so the way I explain this is like, um, initiatives are like vegetables, but strategy is salad. Like vegetables are good for you, but they're not salad. They're salad in the way that they're layered and combined, right? So your strategy is how you cohesively blend all of those, you know, vegetables, those initiatives and put them together to create what your overall strategy is for inclusion. So how are you going to include people? So that's looking at like um, your marketing content and the extent to which it shows that you are welcoming of all people and that you talk about the work that you do in a way that considers other perspectives. Um, it's around your um, recruitment and retention plan because mm -hmm. that, and that retention piece being really important. Um, because you can recruit all of the diverse folks you want, but if you are not ready to receive them, your policies are not friendly, um, you know, your existing team isn't ready, you know, the retention piece can be a challenge, um, and you could actually be causing harm at a certain point. So really just looking at, at, at that piece, um, looking at your communications assets, are they inclusive, are they clear, um, looking at uh, your uh, revenue strategy uh, in terms of any potential givebacks, looking at the policies that you operate your business under and looking at how inclusive they are. Mm -hmm. Are you charging extra for payment plans and disadvantaging people who historically have less access to um, credit or disposable funds? Um, are, are your policies around... Um, the way you operate your business, are they friendly? I mean, I saw an example on Twitter this past week where it was, there was a, a train station, they had no seating and they were, they implemented this plan because they were concerned about the homeless population using the train station as housing. Right. Um, which is like a whole other conversation. Yes. But, you know, beyond the, the challenge with that, a whole idea um, is that it also meant that their um, disabled travelers are in, uh, unable to sit down. Yeah, or elderly. Yeah, they can't stand. Yeah, elderly, yeah. Right. So there's like, so you have to look at the unintended consequences of policies and who they're impacting. Mm -hmm. 
um, and really kind of stepping back and identifying that just because when you look at the policies, it doesn't seem to be a problem. That's might be because you're not facing the same barriers. So really looking at like, if you find that you're not approach, uh, attracting um, a lot of people who are different than you, it might be time to look at, you know, how inclusive your business is. If there are barriers that you're not even aware of that other people might be happy to be um, supporting your business and engaging with it, but they are struggling to be able to get access. Right. Um, that's, that would be another piece. Um, I mean, I, I remember when I had to switch dentists because they decided they were no longer accepting insurance, but were offering Botox. So that was a pretty good sign to me that I was no longer their target client. Um, and it, it just wasn't feasible for me to continue to go anymore. And I explained like where this was a systemic barrier for people, but they really, they really didn't care. Um, so, and that's, that's their strategy. That's their business. And I wish them well. Um, but that's the reality is that when you look at your policies, there may be people who are impacted and you have to consider if you're okay with the fact that they're excluded mm -hmm. or if there's another solution that you want to look to. Yeah. Okay. So that was a really good example or, or multiple good examples of just, you know, it's not just let's do unconscious bias training for all of our staff uh, in our coffee shop or small business. It's all the areas in our business that we do business in um, and all the people that are impacted by our brand and really making sure that we're creating that inclusivity lens to all areas of our business with our vendor relations, um, customers, employees, everybody, social media. So that, that's good. I think that was a really sort of comprehensive or good examples of, of what that potentially looks like. So I'd love to ask folks um, just so, because we have time to be able to ask you any specific questions that maybe comes up for them if you're open to doing that, because I think that's kind of part of the fun of having these live sessions. Um, so I do want to invite folks to do that. Before we do that, as I mentioned, Allison is, uh, she is a small business owner herself. She works with small businesses and owners and, and business leaders on how to put, bring in diversity and inclusion strategies into your business, creating that diversity statement, um, all the things that she mentioned. Today, we're talking today about what does it look like to bring in inclusion into small businesses? Because sometimes it can look overwhelming when you are looking to the leaders out there, like a Google or an Amazon or whomever, or even a government agency and all the things that they're doing specifically and think, wow, I don't know if I have all those means or resources. Some of the things that Allison said is, you know, start small, look at your values, uh, you know, being consistent around your social media and whatever's on your website. I think those are, you know, really good places to start. And then staying informed on issues that are important to you, but also maybe in the communities in which you're servicing and, and the businesses that you're working with. So Allison is also a guest mentor in Aligned AF. As I mentioned earlier, Aligned AF is my 12 month uh, coaching experience. Uh, it's specifically working with business leaders and startup entrepreneurs that are up to something big. So we started Aligned AF back in the summer. We have one cohort going right now and the card is opening up actually today to set up a new cohort for the fall. It will be starting in September. We've been bringing in folks like Allison to work with us strategically on whatever that big strategy is that that business leader or entrepreneur is working on. And there are other guest mentors that are in uh, that program as well uh, that really work on what I like to say is the inner leader and 
you know, the, there's the external, uh, uh, I think, leader or the outer leader, as I call it, that works on strategy. Um, and then there's the inner leader that's so important that we need to focus in on. So it's our mindset towards uh, the work that we do. Sorry, I'm just uh, also navigating some of the um, technology here. I muted you again. Sorry, I didn't take you off video. Sorry about that, Allison. And uh, so, yeah, so we'll be getting started in September. Um, we're looking to add the fall cohort in. Allison's going to be joining us in October in our virtual strategy. We've got another guest mentor, uh, Colleen, who's a trauma response therapist. She's going to be working with the group in September. Sorry, there's a group flying in front of me. And uh, we're going to be going through emotional intelligence assessments uh, and coaching in the fall and going into the spring. So there's a whole host of uh, work that we're doing. And then we've got Tracy, who's an inner healer practitioner, and she's working with us uh, around crystals, essential oils, breathworks, and meditation. It's a really excited, exciting lineup. So if you're interested, offline with me after the session, reach out to me. I can get you more information. You can get on a call and talk about whether or not Aligned AF is right for you. So I'm going to open up the lines here, either in chat or if you want to come off mute and you want to uh, ask Allison a question, just re even raise your hand in the chat and, um, and I can unmute your line for you if you can't do it yourself, depending on how I've set it up for you. Um, but yeah, I'd love to make sure that we answer any questions for you. Allison's available. Let's get into it. Load your questions in the chat. Or Allison, is there anything else that you're thinking of that you... Yeah, I was just gonna say, while we're waiting for the questions to come up, yeah. Um, one of the things that's really important in terms of like, this isn't really like a pick some from column A and column B, like you need to look at the way your policies are inclusive if you're wanting to put forward an inclusive brand in your marketing and the way you show up visually uh, and when you connect with people. And that is about having a cohesive brand experience because if you only work on that outer layer and people arrive and you haven't got policies that are inclusive, and the brand experience isn't the inclusive feelings that you're putting out into the world with your content, they're going to feel, you know, possibly disillusioned. They're going to feel tricked. They're not going to feel as comfortable as they hoped they would be. They might feel disappointed. They might have not warm and fuzzy feelings about your brand. So those things really do need to go together because if you're going to put yourself forward as an inclusive brand, the part that makes it not performative and yes, transformative, is looking at those policies, looking at the way you actually interact with your clients, looking at the way people actually experience your brand when they're a customer um, and having those aligned. Because like I can, I can tell you the right, nice, warm and fuzzy things to say, but if someone arrives and doesn't feel that, it's a lot of money that you're wasting, um, you know, and you may actually be like working against yourself at that point. Right. So that's why it's really crucial to look at both of those pieces together because it needs to create an overall experience of your brand. I like that. Thank you. So, okay, we've got a question here from Michelle. As a small business is shifting to being transformative, innovative, data-based, what can you suggest as metrics or KPIs that can help assess the impact of diversity, equity, inclusion initiatives? I mean, it really depends on your business. Something that, I mean, and this is actually an area where I have a lot of expertise because I literally like looked at the um, individual rows of data within government and looking at um, the impacts of, of policies. 
Um, and one of the things that I, I often encouraged was looking at like, do these numbers mean what we think they mean? And really digging into what the data definitions are for your KPIs, looking at what are the conditions. Um, I really looked at what are the outliers, so the people doing really well or really not well, and looking at how they're reflected in the data, if there's anything that indicates that the data um, isn't valid or isn't considering everything that's happening, because if you're trying to solve a problem that isn't there, you're just chasing your own tail at that point. So really taking a look at what, does, what do all these numbers really mean um, and setting targets that are meaningful for your business that are realistic, achievable, and looking at, okay, so these are the KPIs that we want to hit. What are the small day-to-day -day actions that we can take in order, to, um, in order to achieve them? And looking at what is a data recording and data entry issue on what is an actual barrier that somebody is facing and learning to sift those pieces apart and tease them away so that people who are doing your data entry and data recording have an understanding of, um, of what, uh, what it all means and what the impacts are for making different choices. Um, so, and I think the other piece is looking at the impacts of aggregate data. Mm -hmm. um, one of the examples that we see often um, is that when we look at folks trying to build programs for Indigenous people, like as an umbrella, um, so that's First Nations, Métis, and Inuit, um, what was challenging was that, you know, the average age of a Métis person would be higher. First Nations people tend to have a higher birth rate as a, a younger population. Um, so when you're building a program that fits the average of people, you're actually building it for people who are fictitious. They don't exist. Right. Not solving problems for real people. So being cautious of looking at aggregate data and looking at like solving real problems for real people who actually exist. Right. Yeah. Cause you could just be, I guess, lack of a better way of saying lumping them into yeah. data point to make it make sense, but it's not actually going to benefit them if you're building solutions around that one data point. For sure. So just being clear that you're actually solving the problems of people who actually are in your world and in the world generally, um, right. and that it considers their circumstances and what they need. Okay. Thank you. That was eye opening. I'm like, see, for me, I remember for everyone listening, I'm glad that we're recording this because I would love to take notes, but I'm also navigating and listening. There's like great information that's coming in here. So I really appreciate it. We've got another um, question or comment um, from Jaylene. We've received feedback before that our company doesn't appear to have any diversity, 100% accurate. We are a small team of approximately, you know, up to 10 people. And although we've tried to cast a wide net when recruiting, we seem to, seemed, uh, we seemed in the past to only attract uh, the same people. So when approached someone with a diverse background, um, sorry, I'm just gonna go down a little bit further in the chat. Uh, sorry, I'm not sure what the right terminology is here to use uh, to not offend. And they say, well, you guys don't look divorced apart from the typical we want to be. We're trying, we've tried, you know, are the other things I can do? How do we adjust this legitimate concern? For sure. So, I mean, I suggest having a diversity statement on your website to be able to address these questions for people who are doing research about potentially coming to work with your company. But if you don't have, um, like if you have a small team 
that is already staffed, you're not currently hiring or, or what have you. Other areas you can look at is like um, your suppliers. Are you looking to, do you purchase from diverse suppliers? Even like looking at who makes your software, mm -hmm. um, where do you get the things that you need for production? So that's, that's one piece. It's looking at your give back. It's looking at um, your policies and the extent to which you've considered the needs of diverse people. Um, but also when you're looking at doing that recruitment piece, if you find you're attracting the same people over and over again, look at where are you recruiting? Are you um, recruiting places where, um, you know, the same kinds of people hang out? Or are you recruiting, you know, looking to cast the net wider in terms of where you advertise positions mm -hmm. and being intentional, looking at like maybe going to, to um, student associations that represent diverse people. Um, the other piece is to be looking at, you know, I'm not sure what the specifics of your team is, but looking like diversity is not just about race. It's also about ability. It's about neurodiversity. It's about invisible disabilities, right? Like, you know, on the surface, <laughs> like, I, I look like a white lady, right? Like I'm pale. People don't know that I'm indigenous. People don't know that I have a disability, Right, so you can't really look at a group of people and be like, well, that's not very diverse, right? Like, because you don't know, you don't know what these folks are facing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it might be something worth discussing around like, do you have diversity within your group that maybe isn't apparent to outside observers? Um, and really kind of looking at that. But I mean, being intentional in recruiting um, identifying what your future recruitment plan is to address this moving forward is something else that you can speak to. Um, but yeah, really looking at and looking at the diversity of your client base um, and the folks that you serve um, and the community, your community involvement, the extent to which you show up and serve people who are different than yourself. Yeah, I, those are all really good points. I was going to also add into it, uh, you know, if you use external recruitment services, like you mentioned, going to like student groups or social groups that, you know, look at um, bringing in diverse folks into organizations, but also there's recruitment agencies that specialize. So that might also be an avenue to approach. And then I think when it comes also to the operations of your business with product and services, you could be, you know, tapping in, like you said, to customers and asking for their perspectives. Uh, you could also be bringing in a consultant like Allison or other consultants that come from a different diverse background to educate your teams on what does it look like to work with, uh, you know, folks with a disability or folks that are coming in from different languages or races, et cetera. And, you know, and, and broaden your perspective that way. Cause we just, I think sometimes it's like, we may even not know that we have these unconscious or hidden biases and not that we have a, a propensity to be, a, a, you know, to disqualify a person of race, but because we don't necessarily associate in that grouping, we just may be attracting what we always attract. Uh, so I think it's just wherever possible, create diversity in your work. And you may find that you just are opening more up to different to group, uh, different diverse groups that want to work for you. Well, and we, we tend to hire people who are familiar to us, who are in our circles. So if you find that most of the people who are familiar to you that you hire, you know, are very much the same as yourself, then it might be time to put yourself in different circles and to find more yeah. diverse groups of people to hang out with. Like, 
do an inventory of like, who do you hang out with? Where do you hang out? What are the things that you do on the weekend? What are the situations that you put yourself in? Um, and how often are you going to be encountering somebody who isn't exactly like you? Yeah, I love really, really looking at, you know, forming relationships with people, you know, and really looking at finding ways to support each other. You know, my local Thai restaurant and I, um, we, <laughs> we mutually support on Instagram and, you know, but we also, it's because we have a good relationship. I, you know, I love their food and very nice <laughs> people and I love their little person. We, I make a point to go to the farmer's market on Saturdays so that I can see them and spend time with them and buy some iced tea. Right. So it's really, it can be as small and simple as that in terms of, you know, because then when you're hiring, maybe they're going to tell people, right. right? Hey, I know this person, she's really nice and she wants to bring on some people to her business. Right. And so having those connections, those influencers within those communities um, who can help you recruit people so that you have, Uh, Because it isn't just about like when you have a picture of your team on your website that everybody looks different, right? This isn't a tokenism thing. It's about being able to come to the table with a group of people who have different perspectives and solve problems better. Diverse teams tend to make more money. You know, we have more innovative solutions um, because we're coming at things with different experiences. And so it's definitely important to stay rooted in that and and look at like what are you trying to achieve um when you're looking at implementing diversity within your business all great things thank you holly's got a question here should a diversity statement include a land acknowledgement or should the land acknowledgement be separate um i tend to include them within the statement but also i mean there's lots of opportunities to use a land acknowledgement within your uh, like on your website like on your contact page where there's a map and the address that's a good place for it it's a good place for it in your signature block but it's also good to think about like what are you doing with the land acknowledgement and um and how are you living that like it's one thing to acknowledge that the land um you know is the unceded territory of of these people but what is your relationship with the land how are you being a steward of it and including that piece as well within your diversity statement. You know, like I acknowledge that this, this is, you know, who the land is belonging to, and this is what I'm doing to take care of it. And this is what my business does to be sustainable. So um, a land acknowledgement isn't just about acknowledging the territory, but also like your relationship to the territory. Love that, thank you. And Elaine's got a a point here, a question. We have a small leadership team that lacks diversity and no formal DEI initiative. How do we approach the DEI topic and build a case to the leadership team to launch a DEI program? Um, I would be looking at, you know, looking at the gaps in terms of um, look at, are you able to recruit diverse people to your organization? Um, are, Are you looking to expand your client base you know are there people you could be serving that you're not um i would be looking at um are you how are you what is your positioning are you being seen as a leader in this area would you like to be is that something that is consistent with the values of your organization um looking at i mean revenue is one 
area where, you know, studies have shown that mm-hmm. area, that businesses that are diverse, you know, do bring in more revenue and have more innovative solutions. So, I mean, that's a business case um, there in itself. Um, within Canada, we look at the um, truth and reconciliation calls to action. There are specific ones around business. Um, and one of the calls to action talks about um, employment opportunities for Indigenous people. So your DEI initiative can be consistent with um, implementing the TRC's calls to action, which I think are really important. Um, but I mean, there's lots of other areas where um, you can be contributing and it's, it's looking at uh, sustainability goals and it's looking at um, like all of those kind of overarching priorities and looking at to how do they relate to your business and does it make sense um, to be tying what you're doing to those pieces? So yeah. those are kind of some of the areas. And really looking at, um, from an outside perspective, right? Like I know when I worked in government, we had a day where um, management had to try and navigate the work environment um, with a barrier. And one of like my manager that day um, had, was assigned to navigate our building with a wheelchair and it turned out our building was like massively not accessible, right? So really taking the time to look at like, how would I navigate my experience with this organization if I had, um, if I was not used to experiencing businesses that could accommodate me? Like what are some of the things that I would need and what are some of the things that my business can be providing in order to be supporting more people and to be welcoming more people into your business and into your client base? Thanks, Allison. That's great. Thanks for your questions. Are there any other questions that we have for Allison? You can get them in. We've got a couple more minutes. And again, I want to thank everyone for joining us today. And if you're interested in learning more about Allison, you can reach out to her. Um, she's got a great website address, which is allisontedford.com. So really easy that way. And uh, you can also reach out to me. You've got my contact information in the event break details. You can reach out to me on LinkedIn. But again, I'm also at 3uniques.com. It's just the number 3uniques.com. You can reach out to me there. It's been fabulous to have everyone joining us today. Thank you so much for everyone asking questions. Thanks for your comments in there from Barb and Holly and Michelle. Thank you so much. Allison, any parting words for the group just as they're, you know, leaving today? Like one thing, like you've given us like so many nuggets and gems here. Um, well, I mean, your quick win today. Today is World Indigenous Peoples Day. Um, it's um, a UN Awareness Day um, this year is around No One Left Behind and um, looking at the rights of Indigenous people and um, a call to action towards a new social contract. So, I mean, if you're looking for something to post about on social media today, celebrate World Indigenous Peoples Day. Um, it's, a great, it's a great day to celebrate Indigenous people every day, but particularly today, lots of people will be doing it. So join them. Um, but yes, I just, um, encourage you that if you feel like you're just one person and you can't make a difference and you're small and you're not as, you can't make as big a difference as, you know, Amazon or Google or, or anyone like you trust your website, you trust your social media, you trust the way you do your marketing to sell your goods and services. And you can trust those things 
with your values as well, right? Like if you feel that all of these assets can generate funds for your business, they can also generate connections for you based on alignment. Um, so trust what you've built and use those things because you can do good in the world. You have to start somewhere and you can incrementally build to the kind of impact that you aspire to. Um, but don't feel discouraged um, because the world needs your voice. Oh, love it. That's so great. It's so in line with like three uniques too, because I always talk about how there's seven and a half billion people on this planet and somebody needs what you've got. And if all of us are just doing their part and sharing what's unique about them, just keep getting out there. We're going to make big strides, big differences. Um, some great comments here, Shauna saying, thanks for this an important continuing conversation. Kat, thank you so much. I love this. I love the idea of performative to transformative, such a gem. Thank you so much, Allison. Thanks for giving us your time today. And thanks everyone for tuning in. Again, this will be recorded. So if you miss part of it, et cetera, or anyone that's listening in, we'll get that sent up to you today. Take care, everyone. Have a good week and happy World Indigenous Day. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Hi, friends. Thanks so much for listening today uh, with my interview with Allison Tedford, Diversity, Equity, Inclusion Specialist. Allison, uh, as I mentioned in the interview, did some great work with me on building up my diversity statement for my website and some of my training content that I offer in my coaching practices uh, with my clients. Allison is also a guest mentor in my Aligned AF 12-month coaching experience that I have for women, business leaders, and startup entrepreneurs. We talk about strategy, we talk about inclusion, and how even small businesses can do their part to really make sure humanity, our environment, and how we're contributing uh, to the global community is at our best and highest self. So thanks again for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed the session. Please remember to like it, share it, and leave me a comment and let me know what you thought of the time spent with Allison. Take care, everyone.